Welcome to Piecemeal, a podcast hosted by the EMILY program where we put it all together for you. Piecemeal discusses topics related to eating disorders, body image issues, and how society may contribute to distorted thinking. Please keep in mind that we may discuss difficult topics, and we ask that you use your own discretion when listening or that you speak with a therapist as needed. I'm your host, Jillian Lampert. Today, we're talking about yoga and its place in eating disorder recovery. And joining us for this conversation is Lisa Vingard from Stockholm, Sweden. Lisa is a yoga teacher. After practicing yoga for her personal well-being for nearly a decade, Lisa left a career in finance to complete yoga teacher training in India and started her own yoga business. She's now fully devoted to guiding others to reconnect with their body and breath and is especially passionate about helping those with eating disorders, having recovered from anorexia and bulimia herself. How kind of you to join us, Lisa. We're so thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for that introduction. Absolutely. Let's start by talking about this passion for eating disorder recovery. It sounds like it's born out of a personal experience for you with these illnesses. Can you share a little bit about that experience and how you've been impacted by eating disorders? Yes, absolutely. So it's definitely one of my passions to help others that are recovering or might have family members that are recovering from an eating disorder. Because I got bulimia when I was only 13 years old. So that's when my personal experience with eating disorder started. And I'm 27 today. So at the time, there wasn't really like internet or as much technology as we have today. So it was really strange. It was kind of like the bulimia that found me for the entire eating disorder journey. Because when I was 13, I had no idea what the eating disorder was. I had bulimia for around six months, and it gradually got worse and worse, and it developed into anorexia. And after a while of not eating at all, then I got uh, hospitalized for anorexia. Wow, thank you. It does speak to how hard it is to get information about these illnesses sometimes and how alone people feel when they have them because they just don't know what's happening and what it is. Exactly. How about yoga? When, uh, When and how did you discover yoga and what role has yoga played in your eating disorder recovery? Yeah, so... The first time I practiced yoga, I was really young, so I was uh, actually like five years old. And one of my friends' dad, he was going to a class, and me and my friend joined him for some reason. So we were just like giggling throughout the class because we thought it was so weird and strange. So that was the first time ever. But then after that, I've usually returned to yoga when I've had like difficult times in my life. So if I've been really stressed or when I have been in therapy for different periods of my life, I always return back to yoga because it's almost like my therapy after a real therapy session. And it is such a beautiful practice because it's definitely taught me how to have more balance, 
and how to appreciate the body and get a more loving relationship to my body. Because for so many years, there was just so much hate towards my body. And I had like quite a weird image of myself and my body. And I practice now almost for 10 years. And it has honestly taken almost that long to change it. But today I can really say I found this more, well, first of all, healthy relationship to the body, but also this love to the body. And, you know, being proud and appreciate and saying nice things to the body instead of always being negative or seeing things that I don't like which I think yoga is definitely the contributor for, because you can really change your perception of a lot of things in yoga. Absolutely. It's beautiful. And it's, it's so countercultural in some ways that society is so willing to have us believe something's wrong with our bodies that we need to fix. Yeah. Acceptance and celebration of the body is a little bit of a revolution against that, which is lovely. Yeah, it is. It really is. I think a lot of people, women and men, but especially a lot of younger women who might always have seen their body in a negative way or always sending negative energy to the body. It's so freeing to come into a practice and you land on the mat and you just connect to the body. And you're, you know, we always say in yoga, listen to the body first. Then you listen to the teacher. So you get a really new relationship to the body in yoga. That's beautiful. I like that that saying, listen to the body first and then the teacher. Uh, when you started, I mean, you sounded like you had some really powerful experiences with yoga early on. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey through um, really embracing yoga and then deciding to make it your, your career. Tell us a little bit about that path. So it was actually last year when I had been in my finance job for five years and I was working at one of the biggest finance companies in the world and I was doing finance, sales and marketing at the time and I was getting promoted like once a year. I had a really good salary and I had everything like on the outside that seems to be the dream and perfect and you know such a successful life but then I was actually going through therapy because I started getting like really stressed I started having like hair loss and memory loss because I was in such a hectic environment it was a lot of like meetings in the office but then there was also parties and then there was traveling so it was like I never had a real break. So then I started therapy for both stress, but also for my history with my mom, uh, who has schizophrenia. So at that time, I had quite a lot of life questions. I was really thinking, like, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this it? You know, I had my first depression when I was 13, and I was starting to feel depressed again. I was like, is this what life is supposed to be? That you like keep getting depressed? Like, aren't we supposed to enjoy life and be happy? So to me, it was really like a kind of life crisis, but for the better, for sure. 
So I then, at the time when I was in therapy, I went to yoga every day. So sometimes I went twice a day, in the morning, in the evening, just to survive. That's how we spent at the time, because I was so stressed. So I was in yoga maybe twice a day. I went to this yoga retreat in Zanzibar. And when I was there, I was really starting to realize as well, because we were doing yoga maybe four hours a day. And I really started to realize that I was so happy there and I was so free and there was no stress or pressure. So that's when I realized that I have to make a change in my life. So I kind of asked myself, like, what is it that I do when I'm off, when I don't have to work, when it's not about money or society's impression of what we're supposed to do or be? What is it that I do? And that was yoga and meditation. So then I actually asked one of my teachers. Um, I asked him where he did his yoga teacher training. And he said in India, in Rishikesh, in this little yoga ashram. And I booked the teacher training and I booked the ticket on the flight. And then I asked, my current manager at the finance company, if it was okay for me to go on this <laughs> two-month holiday. And they, of course, said no. But to me, that was like the final beautiful sign that this is meant to me. Like, this is the path. And it was so magical how when you just follow your heart and follow your dreams, you know, do something that you're passionate about, just so freeing. That's a fantastic story. I can just imagine you getting that response from your manager and say, okay, and, and them expecting you to say, oh, I won't go. And for you to be able to say, all right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy that I was able to say that. Absolutely. What are some reasons people, like specifically people who struggle with food or with body image or eating disorder behaviors, what do you think they they might find intimidating about yoga or or challenging and sort of presents a barrier to them to engage in a yoga practice? That's such an interesting, beautiful question, because the thing with yoga is that from the beginning and back in time in history, it's actually a practice for the mind, body, and soul. The body is kind of like the least important thing in yoga. Even though we're doing like a practice and a process, it's so much more about the inside that it's an internal practice and not an external practice. But what I see a lot nowadays and what I hear a lot from younger people especially, is that a lot of people now have the impression that yoga is like a workout and that it's about the poses and the poses are supposed to look perfect. And social media is really contributing to these perfect photos or the perfect girls in the perfect yoga clothes and outfits. And it's also... Obviously, yoga is very connected to health and well-being, but I can really see that this body focus in yoga can be quite 
I don't know the word, but maybe like not demotivating, but it would probably for someone with eating disorders when you're so concerned what you look like and you're so concerned about how your body is presented and things. I can really see that it could be very intimidating when a lot of people are posting like perfect yoga pictures because yoga can literally be like what I do every morning. Like uh, I would never practice in some like small crop tops and some small tights. It's always been like a nice oversized t-shirt and oversized pants. And it's really not about posting about the internal and listening to your inner voice and connecting your heart to things that we never do. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's easy to imagine, hard to do, but easy to imagine how much more beautiful the world could be if we all were able to do that every day. That's that's my little little fantasy world of like, wow, how would the world be different if we actually all connected with ourselves? So we think a lot about about yoga at the Emily program. We we actually have yoga incorporated into all of our intensive programs. We've done some research studies uh, with yoga interventions. It's pretty clear that yoga can reduce help reduce anxiety and depression, improve body image. We we actually couple a, a yoga practice and therapy group to to do a body image group in our outpatient programs that are, are really quite beautiful. And it really does seem to help clients reconnect with their bodies when they are able to to take that risk to connect with their body. So speaking from your experience and, and training, what would you describe as maybe the greatest gifts that yoga has to give people who are pursuing eating disorder recovery? Well, it's so beautiful that you have it in your program. It's so amazing and that's like my dream job to be able to work with those who actually need it so much it's so beautiful that you have it so I think that yoga can be so useful for people recovering because it's almost like a different world so when you are recovering from eating disorders it's usually going to a therapist or you might have like family discussions or sessions I had like craving to learn to eat again. And it's a very hard environment. I just remember with myself that I was just finding it so difficult and so sad because most of the times you see your family sad and you're supposed to talk to these therapists, but you might not even have the vocabulary to express yourself at these ages. So I definitely think that yoga can almost be like a peaceful little bubble that I can see being so beneficial for people that are dealing with eating disorders or getting a free space and a free like peace of mind to go within and to listen to all of these feelings and all of these you know suppressed emotions that they might not even be able to say out loud or maybe they are afraid to say it because they think they might hurt their families or things like that. So in yoga, you can really just turn within and just try to connect with yourself and just feel whatever you're feeling because that's also something that's helped me so much that like sometimes in therapy, I might feel almost like I'm holding back because there's another person sitting and watching you. So I remember in a lot of therapy sessions, I don't want to start crying because you have 
someone looking at you. But in yoga, almost like 90% of the class, you're supposed to just close your eyes and go within. And the teacher, like I might give some adjustment if like the hand is not aligned or something like that. But I never like, you know, interrupt anyone who is feeling what they're feeling. So it's definitely like a free place where people can just see and feel whatever they're feeling. And that in itself is so, like speaking from own experience, I don't get that anywhere else in the world at the moment because we're constantly connected to social media or to our phone. Or we might be, you know, I'm thinking from someone in a program recovering from eating disorders, you're constantly focusing on what other people are trying to help you or trying to say to you. So I think definitely that yoga is to just try to change their perception. Absolutely. Two things that I think in my own life, and and I had an eating disorder as well, is often that both yoga and massage make me a much nicer person. That, That if I could keep up with my yoga practice and keep up with my massage practice, I show up nicer in the world and and first nicer for myself which is so important i absolutely agree with with what you're saying we've had some feedback from some people who have experienced yoga in our programs and then i see some of this a little bit out in the world that there might be some pitfalls with yoga ways that yoga might be difficult or or triggering or even unhelpful for some people in recovery and I think about the primary things that I've, I've heard in that vein are people who are um, really have such a difficult time connecting to their body. And it's such a scary thing to do that yoga can be really difficult for them to engage with because of that, that connection is so hard. So I, I would love to hear some of your thoughts about that. Yeah. And the other area that I've heard is clients who are concerned or people who are concerned that somehow yoga, um, because of the the spirituality aspect of yoga, might somehow interfere with their religious beliefs. They sometimes have a hard time kind of figuring out how those might go together or not. So I wonder your thoughts on on, on either or both of those areas in terms of the body connection being difficult or the the spiritual aspect being difficult? Yeah, so interesting question. So I think, first of all, if the body connection is too difficult, which I 100% understand, because usually in eating disorder, we have such a negative relationship to the body, and we're used to hating the body so much, and yoga is such a different connection to what I used to do than before. When you have an eating disorder, um, when you're just constantly maybe kind of punishing the body or you're kind of pushing the body to the limit and might not really take care of the body. And so I understand completely that it might be very, very difficult for some people. And what I would believe is that it might be too soon for some people to go from such extreme 
from one extreme to another, kind of, <laughs> even though you can practice yoga in different levels. So I definitely think that some people might need to start just with meditation. Because I truly love meditation almost more than yoga, actually. And especially if you're in an eating disorder and the thoughts are running nonstop. So maybe these clients, they might need to, first of all, just listen to these thoughts, becoming aware of them. And then practicing to let go and not get involved with these thoughts. Because that's a huge thing, both in eating disorders and in the yoga meditation world. Because when you have an eating disorder, I remember that I used to feel like I almost had like a voice speaking to me, like some angry, mean voice. And if you're then in yoga and someone is telling you to just love your body, that might be completely clashing. So I definitely think that meditation could be a beautiful way to transition into yoga from an eating disorder. And the spiritual part. Everyone has their personal view, but for me in yoga, we are, it is a spiritual practice. And I usually connect to the universe because I grew up as an atheist. In Sweden, we are not very religious, but my mom is Christian. Uh, so she goes to church, but my dad is like an atheist. But in yoga, I actually found my spirituality. So I didn't have it at all, um, but it was such a beautiful, like maybe one of the best things I've got from yoga is actually the spirituality. What I'm devoted to is the universe. But when I read a lot of yoga books and when I practice yoga before, I think it's completely up to the practitioner to choose what the bigger or the higher power is to that person. So I might, in my class, I might say like uh, something about the universe, but to me it's completely up to the student to analyze what that is. Is that God or is that Allah? Whatever that is to you, I think yoga is a very free practice and it's, uh, if it isn't, then something is wrong because everyone should be able to be devoted to whatever they want to be devoted and just because we don't say the word for the god that that person believed in doesn't matter that that's not your connection and hopefully i hope that that will happen naturally anyway like if someone says connect to the universe or something i think that a religious person would automatically think of god if that's their higher belief yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It it continues the theme that yoga is is a practice for us personally yeah. with our experience of the world and that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look like somebody else on the mat next to us or across the world. It doesn't have to sound like or be the same as it can be very much our own experience. Yeah. It strikes me that one of the other things that I just thought of that people sometimes struggle with is, you know, with the temperament traits that are associated with eating disorders, uh, attention to detail and wanting to get things right and persistence, that sometimes people get really focused on doing yoga exactly right, as if there's one exact right way to do it, or it takes on a, um, 
a kind of compulsivity about the the act of doing it, which can be maybe a, a fitness pursuit or or something. So any thoughts that you have on the traits that go along with eating disorders of of getting it right and attention to detail and how to kind of uh, not have those take over your yoga practice so that you can really get the self-compassion piece of it and not the, oh, I didn't do that right part of it. Yes, so I'm definitely guilty of this. At the beginning when I started practice, I was, first of all, really obsessing over getting into the post as like to the most advanced variation. I have a tendency in general to overdo a lot, but especially with exercising. Like when I used to go to the gym, I used to go every day. And it happened with yoga too in the beginning. Like now I'll do it every day, but it's more like a internal practice and meditation. But then I used to do a more kind of fitness style of yoga. And I used to do it like more like an exercise. And I think it's very common for us to have these traits. To, we can get it in almost anything. So it's not just in yoga where it comes out. Uh, but I think what's really important is to remember that yoga is a transformational practice. So we might have this, and it's absolutely okay in the beginning. We just need to accept ourselves and accept the students for whoever they are. Like they come to yoga as one person. And that's absolutely fine. But the first step is just accepting that we have this person. And then we can begin to do the real practice, which is to change these behaviors. Because these might be behaviors that the person has had for maybe one year in a very serious eating disorder. Or it might be someone who has lived with it for 10 years. So it is behaviors that are very rooted in us. So I definitely think that with someone who feels like this in yoga in the beginning, it might be the first step just to be aware of it and just accept it. And then maybe to try to maybe connect to the teacher if that's comfortable. Because then the teacher can help the person to maybe hold back a little bit. So I'm like this. I'm a very like fiery person. And if I'm doing something, I always tend to do it like more rather than less. So in yoga, we say literally that just ask yourself what you need today. Doesn't matter what you did last time. Doesn't matter what you did next time. Just try to like feel how you're feeling today. And if you always go a little bit extra, maybe just come back a little bit. You don't have to perform, you don't have to deliver all the time or to think about these small details. And over time, if you practice this, this is one of the hardest things to get away from. I've practiced it now for almost 10 years and I still have to remind myself. But I definitely think that with time, yoga can give you a little bit more of the balance so you don't have to be too much or too little, you can find a balance where, you know, it's healthy for your body, mind, and soul. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me, 
It makes me think about, uh, we have a, a saying that our yoga teachers, which I imagine is fairly common, but our yoga teachers at the Emily program will often say to clients, stay on your mat, like stay on your mat. Don't wander over to somebody else's, You're, you know, keep your mind on your own mat. Uh, and we have used that concept uh, in other places in treatment. So we we also use it at meals when people are, you know, looking at their plate and then comparing to other people's plates. How does what I have to eat look like what you have to eat? And that comparison mind that's all too common in eating disorders. And so we'll often say, you know, stay on your plate, stay on your plate, just like stay on your mat. And listening to you, it makes me think I want to sort of edit that a little bit in my mind that it's really stay on, like stay on today's mat. And stay on today's plate, stay on this plate right here or this mat right here. Because what I did yesterday, if I even compare it to that, it's that's not really that helpful. Oh, it's so true. And it's so beautiful. This is like for me, the power of yoga. When some teacher says something to you on the mat, so stay on the mat, but then you bring it out to every aspect of your life, so the plate. For today's math, my sister also said that to me a couple of years ago when I was so overwhelmed with uh, my old job and stuff, and I was living overseas. And she said to me that sometimes you just need to take one day at a time. Or, and actually, to be honest, we kind of do always in an eating disorder or not, just to take one day at a time and be present is so underrated these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has just been fascinating. I, I am so invigorated by thinking about all of these these concepts. But where where can our listeners learn more about you? Where can they see more about you or read more about you? Sure. So I have a Instagram, which is called Being God Wellness. So it's my surname and wellness. And I share quite a lot of personal stories there because I love writing. So usually my captions are like really long, but uh, I'm very personal there. And anyone can just send me a message there and I always respond. And I also have a website, which is called beinggodwellness.com and a Facebook page. So wherever you're on, on social media, I also have a YouTube channel for YouTube as well. Yeah, wherever is good. Well, you are going to have some new followers, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> certainly today and after when, when we have folks listening. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and for sharing your story and sharing your perspective. It's just so, it's been so beautiful to hear hear your story and, and where it's taken you and, and imagine where it'll take you next because yeah. it's all the journey. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so grateful for this connection. I'm so grateful for what you're doing at the Emily program with yoga and for the people are recovering. Thanks for sharing my story. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you'd like to learn more about the Emily Program and what we do, visit emilyprogram.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Emily Program. Piecemeal is produced by Angie Mitchell and Nancy Linden with music by Dan Forkey. Thanks for listening.